This episode of Blaster Podcast is brought to you by Jackbox. Get five hilarious party games in the Jackbox Party Pack from the creators of You Don't Know Jack. Now on Xbox One, PS3, PS4, Steam, and more. Go to jackboxgames.com for more info. Welcome back to a Goodfellas Midgraw. Goodfellas Part 2. Oh, all right. Changing it up. Uh, our heroes, Tommy, Jimmy, and Henry, uh, navigate their way through a world of crime. They have executed Billy Bats, a made man. This is a no-no in the underworld. Will they get away with it? And furthermore, will Henry get away with his marital infidelity to Karen? Will they come out on top? Or will these good fellas wind up six feet under? Find out as good fellas continues. It is morning in Henry Hill's mafia house. Wake up, you whore-loving motherfucker. Karen, my wife, why are you pointing a gun at my face? It's me, Henry Hill, the protagonist of this picture. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Because I can't stand you having sex with other ladies. Baby! Hey, look. We could either work it out, or you could blow my brains out all over your nice pillow. But if you kill me, I will become more powerful than you could ever imagine. No, no, no. No, I I had a cousin who had that happen. I'm not going to have a blue version of you watching me all the time, (laughs) nodding in approval every time I decide to dance with an Ewok. And just give me the gun, honey. It's okay. I love you. Give me the gun. Well, you're being so calm Chess. that I know that the minute I, I just, I relax, you'll probably sweep me up in a loving embrace and the oh, my face! Rah! She complies. And of course, Henry the mafioso smacks her around a whole lot. He points the gun at her. See how it feels? Huh? See, wait, I forgot how it feels. He points the gun back at himself. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. See how it feels? Oh, that is terrible. (laughs) Doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel good. He takes a bite out of his gun and spits it on the ground. No more guns ever. Henry storms out. I'm sorry. She does a whole lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, she always just has to scream at no one or no thing. Yeah. Just like. There's a lot of like guttural primal screams. <laughs> yeah, ang- anguish sounds. I can't tell if it's too much or not. It's but, not for me to say. Yeah, but she was also like weirdly writhing around. Yeah, it's because she has this weird psychosexual connection yeah. to the death and violence. It's true because there's like she's not wearing pants, so you're kind of like, what's going on here? But she's not is, even yoga pants. Not even yoga pants. Mm-hmm. I'm doing none of the work. It's it's, it's like a bird's nest on the ground. It's as easy as could be. <laughs> bird's nest on the ground. Uh, snake thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Snake Thoughts with Dave Stecco. <clears throat> oh, by the way, Dave Stecco is our special co-host today. Yeah, that's still me. <laughs> it's you. Yes. 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 Flash two. The mistress's apartment. There's no hookers a hose in the apartment today, though. Mm-mm-mm. Only Polly, the mob boss, and Henry sitting sheepishly on his couch, holding his head in his hands. And, and Jimmy the gent just walking around nervously, parroting whatever either says to the other. Right. Henry, you need to understand. Every wise guy has to be a flamboyant man. 
you gotta fix this. I love you like a son, you gotta fix this. Henry, you know what? We all understand. We get it. You gotta have fun. You wanna do what you wanna do. You do whatever you want. When I got your wife coming over to my house, getting my wife all, all amped up, I come home. She's not like dialed up to 11. I can't calm it down. I can't have that. I can't have that in my house. Jimmy, I didn't know you had the wife. Yeah, I sure do. She never shows up anyway. She's very secretive. That's but, weird. Yeah. She might even be a girlfriend at this point. I can't tell. Do I have a wife? I don't think you do. <laughs> it, it, you, you seem to have a lot of people over to your house all the time so as to compensate for a lack of real intimacy. You know, maybe I shouldn't put career above love. Well, you know, it's a risk for all of us. Henry, you gotta fix the marriage. Look, here's oh, I what forgot. I, yeah, Henry, seriously, you gotta go home. You gotta I, go home to your wife. You gotta go home. I'm gonna talk to your wife. I'm gonna send you on a mission to Tampa. You're gonna beat the guy up. And then I, when you get back, you move back in your house. You and me, Henry, we're gonna go down to Florida. We're going to go, uh, you know, scare a guy. We're going to tell, we're, we're going to try to feed him to a fucking lion. When you come back, you're going to move back in with your wife. We're going to put all this behind us. Because I got to be honest, no one is impressed with this girlfriend of yours. They, <laughs> no one understands. Uh, Polly and Jimmy turn and nod to one another. They look back to Henry for his approval and a pillow and mop that Henry has propped <laughs> up on the couch falls over with a stiff breeze from the window. <laughs> this happens all the time. <laughs> Smash Guide to Tampa, Florida. It is nighttime, and Henry and Jimmy are beating the fuck out of some guy. <laughs> they are really beating the shit out of him in the back of a car. Gow! Come on, you guys. I don't have the money. I don't have money. Oh, uh, but what if I asked you this question? Huh? You got the money? No. Well, bam. Oh, bam. Borg. 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 Huh. Jimmy leans over and puts the Sicilian mind lock on the guy's head. <laughs> sending him into psychic agony. <laughs> Where's the money? I told you I don't have the money. Hey, Henry. Remember what I told you back in the non-specific East Coast place? Oh, yeah, of course. Let's feed this motherfucker to the lions because it's the 70s. Apparently, there's no locks in the zoo. You can just walk right in. When you were a good fella, locks would open themselves up for you. It was crazy. It's like we had magnets in our pockets or some. I didn't go to school. Ever since the day that magical owl told me I'd been accepted to Goodfellas school. <laughs> I knew. You're a mobster, Henry. (laughs) Jimmy and Henry dangle this man over the edge of a lion pit. And both of them are very surprised that this works. (laughs) I think they just wanted to do it. And then when it actually got them the information they wanted, I think they were disappointed. Yeah, just for the story. So uh, we see the man on a payphone getting the money. And uh, Henry and Jimmy give each other a savvy wink. It turns out the man in the phone booth was Rufus from the future who just got done fixing the the humanity with the wild stallions. He was connected to the U.S. government. And they got all of it on tape. Excellent. (laughs) Smash cut to flash still photographs of Henry and Jimmy being marched out of their homes by the police. They're busted. You guys are going to go to jail for this for sure. Nobody messes with the timeline and our most excellent friend. 
Rufus. <laughs> uh, Rufus appears out of his magical phone booth and feels up Henry's wife. <laughs> you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> it's true. There's nothing you can do about it, Henry. God damn it. I'm going to be excellent to your wife. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Come on, Unit 22. <laughs> Henry and Jimmy are sentenced to 10 years in the slam hole. Uh, but also, so is Polly. So is Polly. Polly got in there for some reason. Yeah. They, he just snuck in. Well, I think, uh, I mean, none of them could have squealed, but somehow they knew that Polly sent him down there. So they all go to this adorable dormitory-style fraternity house jail. Yeah, it's crazy how nice it is. There's, like, drapes and a candelabra and opera music playing on a record player. Yeah, they get they get uh, frozen lobsters and steaks. Montage of all of them doing uh, familial chores to make a, a family dinner. Slicing up garlic with a razor blade. As long as I can remember, I've always given out bullshit cooking advice in movies. <laughs> Trying to convince people that you can liquefy garlic if you just cut it right. Sidebar. Uh, Dave is really upset that Ray Liotta says that if you slice garlic thin enough, it liquefies in a pan. And Dave has never achieved such a physical feat. He tried it for my whole life and it doesn't fucking work. It's a lie. It was a lie told by those lying mafia men. As a lie perpetuated by criminals who wrote a book about their criminal deeds. Yeah. If they had sold me a, a garlic liquefier, I would have bought it like a chump. Hey. Now, that was a very vague Limp biscuit reference I just made. <laughs> <laughs> was that a Limp biscuit deep cut? Yep. I did it all for the nookie. Now I'm kind of like Bill Cosby, <laughs> yeah, that... who also did it all for the nookie. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Not okay. <clears throat> no. Anyway, uh, jail's awesome. Henry is on drugs now. Yeah, he is a jailhouse drug dealer. But hey. Things are looking up, because it's Visitor's Day. Yay! We see a white supremacist getting head, uh-huh. people from Alcatraz <laughs> carving the names of their loved ones into their chest, and Karen wearing yeah. a giant puffy coat, carrying her ever-present emotional weapon, their toddler yeah. daughter with her, and uh, they sit down next to tweaked-out Henry. Hey, hey, h- how you been, baby? Hi. Hi. Uh, I just checked the logbook about people who visited you, What's this? Janice the whore has been visiting you? Hey, I'm in jail. I can't control what people do. I can't control who gives me blowjobs. Do you think that guy, that white supremacist even knows that girl? <laughs> they, they're strangers. He didn't want it. This is jail. You can't, I, I'm so out, outraged at you. Why don't you sneak in your fucking uh, giant French bread, huh? She smashes the French bread down on the table. Why don't you sneak in your wheel of cheese? Why don't you sneak in your uh, 20... Comically large salami. <coughs> baby, 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 don't... Your depleted uranium. <laughs> you gotta hide these euphemisms, okay? They, I, they, I'm not allowed to have these. She's making a huge scene, and yet the guard doesn't do anything. No, he I... sees her jangle the bag of drugs. Yeah, the uh, sweet metallic drugs yeah. that Unit 22 has cooked up. <laughs> I call it switchboard. Henry, we don't have any money. I, no one will even talk to me. I don't. Polly, he's out of jail, but he won't talk to me. I, I don't know what to do. Oh, yeah, this is why we got to do this. <laughs> yeah. This is why. So you got to smuggle stuff in or whatever, and then I sell stuff, I guess, and then I give you money and put food on the table, 
because the mob won't take care of you anymore, and apparently you can't ever work in any way. Yeah, you told me that this was how it was going to be, although when I, look, when I look back in my memory over all the events that led to this point, at no point did you say the mafia will pretend that we're already dead ghost people the minute you go to jail, because I seem to remember you telling me a story when you were a kid of getting arrested, and you were celebrated and thrown a tiny party and everyone gave you money. Yeah. Anyway, I guess if it's the only thing we can do, I will continue to bring you these pills from your friends in Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, anyway, yeah, get the fuck out of here. I'll see you when I get out. Four <laughs> years later, we see the rapidly decomposing skeleton of Rufus in a phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously trapped in an infinite time conundrum, he starved to death inside of his own device. And owing to the vagaries of time travel, is forced to for all eternity watch himself starve to death. <laughs> Periodically, although with no regularity, the skeleton is replaced with a living Rufus who has to relive the entire thing again. <laughs> yep. It's hard being a chrononaut. It's not easy. <laughs> uh, we go to Henry gets out of jail mm -hmm. and he hugs his wife. Yeah, who is trying to like a strike like a, a cool, casual, sexy pose up against a, a really beat-to-shit-at-this-point car <laughs> that probably never really got the smell of corpse out of the trunk. Why would you want to? Yeah, that's true. Polly's house. In the backyard, Polly and Henry are having a real soulful 101. Hey, Henry, I'm really glad you got out of jail and everything's great. Remember when we were in jail together, I got out first and I didn't help your wife, but, you know, it's just business. I'm glad you're out. Uh, not for nothing, apropos of literally nothing whatsoever, but you're done selling drugs. There's no more drug selling for you. What do you mean I can't sell drugs? You can't sell drugs. You can't sell that shit. It's garbage. It's trash. You know, when you were in jail and I refused to help uh, your family whatsoever, you do what you got to do. But uh, there was a friend of mine, a really nice guy. He's in jail till he dies because one of his friends dealt drugs. I'm not going to go down that way. So I'm going to be very serious with you and give you my cold dead eyes. Don't give me the cold dead eyes, Polly. Oh, the coldest, deadest eyes of a chubby Italian man. Now don't do drugs and don't sell drugs. All right. Now I'm going to punctuate this with a hotter than it needs to be face slap. Pow! Ray Liotta's drug-addled face slides off in Polly's hand. Oh, fuck. Shit. Oh, look. A bird's nest on the ground. <laughs> Smash cut. Two, Henry's shower. Well, Jimmy got out of jail, and he was planning a big heist. The biggest heist that anyone had ever conceived of. Because I was in the bar at the time they came up with it, I was grandfathered in by mafia rules. <laughs> so at no point did I did anything to contribute, but I was totally going to get paid. So there I was, washing them off. <laughs> really getting in there. <laughs> and the latest news, uh, the uh, Great Lufthansa heist has happened, and it looks like the criminals have... Got away scot-free. I immediately was so excited, I started screaming and punching the wall and looking up into the camera I had mounted over my shower. <laughs> Smash cut two. A bar Christmas party. We see a silver-haired Robert De Niro standing as a very, very happy and yet cautious man. Everybody's having a great time. But bing bong, someone rings the doorbell on the bar. <laughs> 
Uh, Robert De Niro, Jimmy, opens it. Hey, uh, hey, Jimmy, it's me, uh, Bing Bong, and this is my dumb wife, Loisha. <laughs> Bing Bong, Loisha, it's nice to meet you. Hey, Merry Christmas. Now, you remember what we said about keeping everything on the down low. I'm glad you're doing just that. Of course, of course, a heist of this magnitude. You can't let a single hair out of line, otherwise the feds will be all over us. By the way, take a look at this new stretch SUV that I purchased. It's bright pink, and it shoots fireworks 24-7. The fireworks are made out of money. I had to pay extra money at the DMV, but I got a vanity license plate that's 18 inches wide that says Lufthansa 1. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Bing bong, what the fuck are you doing? I told you to not spend any money, you idiot. Oh, no, no, I fixed it. It's in my wife's name, who I also live with, so it's totally untraceable. Why the fuck would you do that? I told you don't buy anything. That was what I said. I said don't oh, buy no, a no, goddamn you, thing. You're misunderstanding it. I, 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 I took the money from the heist and bought something very flashy and expensive, but then only put it in the name of the person I sleep three feet away from every night. Jimmy takes a look at a tiny mirror, looks at himself, then looks at Bing Bong, <laughs> looks at himself, looks at Bing Bong. Okay, one of us has to die. Okay, I got it. Uh, Merry Christmas, Bing Bong. I'll see you in a couple scenes. Bing Bong, looking chagrined, just kind of mills around into the party. Um, now that we've taken that name, I don't know what noise the doorbell makes. Clong, clink, clong, <laughs> clink, clong. Uh, hey, welcome to the party. Look, it's it's uh, Afro Mumblesman. I'm doing all right. Hey, this is a fine piece of uh, paid for ass you got with you. Mumblesman, what's what's this she's wearing? She's wearing mink stole, only the rest of my hoers. Yeah, that's. I respect you for always taking the best care of your hoers that you can. But this is the twenty thousand dollar coat. What do you want? You buy this is. Because that's the big heist. And when you do big heights, you can buy a horse no, no, and many no. things. So you, you don't buy anything like that. You buy you buy cheaper horses. You don't even have to treat them that nice. Why well, I don't understand that. What's the point well, of having I, money? Is you can't I mean, send them it, money. It speaks well of you that you can't comprehend not treating a horse to the best of your ability. But I'm saying right now, it is not in our interest for you to be drawing that much attention by treating a horse this nice. But... Why don't you just take it? I'm gonna wad this. I'm gonna wad this coat up. Uh, I'm gonna put it back in the horse's hands, and I'm gonna send you both out at a party. I'm gonna go to the back room and just fume about this for a while. I'm just gonna fume about this. All right, it's a good thing I kept the tag on the whore. Now, as I go to the back of this room, there's one thing I can't handle right now. There's one thing I can't handle. I can't have anybody bothering me about money right now. But nobody better bother me about money. Excuse me, <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. I get that all the time. No, it's me, Maury. Oh, a, yeah. A fellow you... dwarf of the same of the same clan. Perhaps you've seen my wig commercials. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maury. I, listen, I, I'm Remember busy, the right? time I helped mastermind the Lufthansa heist? Boy, I'm, I'm a real, caper man. I'm real busy right now. I got a lot going on in my head. Can we, do we have to talk about this right now? Yes, we do, because it's time to pay up, Jimmy. You're three points above the veg. <laughs> 
I don't have. I don't care how far above the vag you get. I, I, I'm just. I, there's no money right now. I, I don't have any cash. I, I need no the money. money. You're gonna get your money. Give me get your the money. money. You, gotta, you gotta be such a little dick about Show this. Show me the money. You're, you're really, <laughs> I, I can't stay mad at you when you start doing Jerry Maguire. Maury is uh, biting Robert De Niro's knees. Tell you what. How about you go on the other side of these these weird glass doors, and I'm gonna talk to my friend Henry, and uh, we'll, we'll get you sorted out. You know. I, All right. <laughs> Mm. You, little, you little scamp. Maury rolls himself into a pill bug ball <laughs> and leaves. <laughs> ah, jeez, Jimmy, that guy's always busting balls. Never mind that guy. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to have to and never mind him ever again, ever. And just like that, I knew that Maury was going to get whacked. Oh, by the way, he was a gigantic stack of money. Even though I wouldn't pay the guy who was involved in the heist <laughs> and you didn't do a fucking thing. Here you go. Merry hey. Christmas, but don't spend it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this is, is what we call a classic mafia monkey's paw. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you were a good fella, guys were always giving you money for no reason and then not letting you spend it. It's what we call it a classic mafia monkey paw. Now, being snake-like, <laughs> I knew better than to pass up a nest on the ground. And this money was going straight into the most expensive Christmas tree I could buy. One of those ugly white jobbies. <laughs> so made, I guess I had hung myself too. Made entirely out of cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> Flash two. Later on, in the bar. I knew if I could just, you know, stall for time, I could talk Jimmy out of killing Maury. I just had to sit there and just let Maury's natural charm work the situation as we we once again attempt to play cards (laughs) in what seems at this point a quixotic attempt at relaxation. They're playing cards and Maury is just poking little needles into the side of Robert De Niro. He keeps eating Robert De Niro's chips. <laughs> De Niro turns and gives Henry a long look. You know what? Forget about tonight. Forget about that thing I was thinking about doing, Amori. Which thing was that, the, the Jimmy? Wait, do you mean... Oop! <laughs> Jimmy does a somersault out of his chair and disappears into the darkness. <laughs> Smash cut. Jimmy, Tommy, and Carbone. Afro Mumblesman. Afro Mumblesman. Oh, Afro Mumblesman is Carbone? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's kind of like a weird... He does have an Afro. And he mumbles everything. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, the, those three dudes and Maury uh, head into a car. They're leading Maury into a sedan. Now, uh, Maury gets in the passenger seat, and Tommy gets into the back seat of the car. While Carbone starts the car and warms everything up, Tommy once again says the litany of the silent assassin as he puts his master's headband on and brings out his sacrificial spine knife. (laughs) So anyway, when I get all my money, I'm going to be the richest... Banzai! Shoot! You motherfucker. (laughs) In the weirdest way possible, uh, Joe Pesci slides a tiny knife into the back of Maury's skull. Yeah, what, like, what is the, the, the most elegant assassination of the entire movie? It's so weird. It's like not, it is not of this film. 
uh, uh, cut to uh, Tommy earlier in that day opening his walk-in closet and then pushing the button so all the clothes move out of the way. All the weapons available to him. He looks down and he sees an old, dusty cardboard box. He dusts off the box and opens it among the ancient disused bottles of shoe polish. He sees an ancient arcane blade passed down by his ancestors. It's a Shine Boy spine knife. The Shine Boy rises. <laughs> anyway, we see a montage of all the heist-related goons that Jimmy hired showing up D-E-D. Mace Windu is woken up from a deep sleep <laughs> in his crappy one-bedroom apartment. Oh, no. And barely barely gets uh, his pants on before Jango Fett shoots him in the back of the head. <laughs> oh, splat. Uh, we see Bing Bong <laughs> and his giant Norwegian wife lying dead in their stretch pink Hummer mysteriously covered in blotches and gross things. Maybe. Yeah, they, they were, they met an ignominious end, but a non-specific one. Yeah, maybe they, they, did, they were they irradiated. Yeah, they didn't get spine knifed, that's for sure. Maybe steel umbrella. We see some garbage men loving their lives <laughs> until they turn over their cargo for the day and two fatties tumble <laughs> out. And the final insult, uh, some cops open up a meat truck and frozen hanging from a hook is Afro McMumbles, Carbone himself. <laughs> yeah, looking sad. Super sad, because we had we'd been on a journey with that one. Yeah, he was around. He was at, he he went to all the poker games no matter what happened. <laughs> yeah. He kept coming back because he believed they could have a good night of poker. He thought they stood for something more, but alas, we all must hang with swine in the end. Despite all this bad, horrible things that are happening, there is good news in Mafia Town. <laughs> For lo, it hath been decreed from on high that one should ascend to the upper stratosphere of Mafia power and influence. Is it somebody who's really worthy, like a like a mastermind like Jimmy, or like a guy who keeps his mouth shut and serves his time like Henry? No, unfortunately, owing to the traitorous Irish blood, they were left with the only option, the sociopathic <laughs> lunatic tiny man. It's me, Joe Pesci. <laughs> the wet bandit himself. Yeah, the sticky bandit. Sticky bandit. They did both, right? Yeah, they were the wet bandits, then the sticky bandits. God, I hate those things, those movies. <clears throat> Cartoon violence. Tommy's going to get made, and Jimmy is super proud of him. Yeah, it's the only time in the whole movie where you see Jimmy really, 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 truly happy. Except for the first scene when he's giving everybody money. The only time I ever saw Jimmy really happy was at the beginning when he was <laughs> giving out all that money, and then in this scene when he learned that Tommy was going to get made. We couldn't get made on account of our filthy Irishness, but that was okay. Because one of us was getting made, and that was kind of like all of us was getting made. We were good fellas, you see? And when you're a good fella, when one of you has good fortune, by the transitive property, it passes on to the others. Same for bad things. Why, the time I got the clap, oh boy, was Jimmy mad. Anyway, Jimmy had a special signal worked out so that we could find out the exact instant that Tommy got made. There's a signal called a telephone call. <laughs> we were hanging out in the diner. Watching the payphone with s <laughs> slavering jaws, like the wolves we were. 
fade cut, we see some goons walk Joe Pesci up the stairs in a nondescript house. Anyway, it must have been a uh, you must have been made a long time ago because you're like sixty years old. Yeah, yeah, I'm uncomfortable with conversation because of what I got to do shortly. All right, well, anyway, uh, I can't wait till I get made. First thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna donate all of my ill-gotten funds to good causes. I think that orphans really deserve a. They open the door and the room is totally empty. Fuck, <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> Gunshot to the back of the head. Critical hit. <laughs> You see, no one ever forgot that Tommy killed Billy Bats, even though they pretended to for, you know, what we assume to be at least 15 years, just let him do whatever he wanted before setting him up for this biggest fall ever. We see Jimmy get a phone call and start hitting the phone against the phone's receiver. Henry came outside. What is it? Is that, is that, that motherfucker Rufus again? They fucking whacked him. They whacked Rufus? No, no. Well, yes, in a different time situation. But they fucking, they fucking killed him. Oh, they no. killed Tommy. Tommy's gone. Oh, no. Tommy's gone. Oh, God. Don't hug me because no. we're too macho for no, that. No, we're just going to stand real intently. Just stand in our pain. We're just going to not going to, we're not going to cry. We're going to get so fucking close. Mm. But we're not going to do it. <laughs> Flash to 1980. Henry, by the 80s, is fucking coked out as yeah. hell. It's now a cautionary junior high film strip called A Day in the Life of Cocaine. Yeah, he <laughs> is pale as the Joker and sweaty as Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> now, it's going to be a really busy day. I had to get up super early because I had to get these guns to Jimmy. I wanted to sell them because he had some silencers. So I drove over first thing in the morning to Jimmy's and presented him with the guns. I could tell by the look on his pissy pinched face he isn't going to want these guns and he's going to be a double asshole and stick me with them just because they don't fit his fancy ass metric and not English threaded silencers. Robert De Niro <laughs> tries as hard as he can <laughs> to mush the silencer <laughs> into the strangely shaped alien guns. Even going so far as just to balance it, pointing the gun straight up, then pulling the trigger and getting mad when it just flies <laughs> off the end. I did my best. Doesn't work. Sorry. Not even a little bit. I... These guns are on you now. I gotta uh, go. Next thing I had to do is I had to pick up my brother from the hospital. You probably don't remember him. He's in a wheelchair. I don't know. When I showed up at the hospital, the doc gave me a whole lot of shit for being crazy on cocaine. So he fixed it by giving me Valium. When we got back to the house, everything was pandemonium, and I had to smack some meat together and yell at my family in a wife-beater t-shirt. Despite everything that was going on and the fact that my heart was racing at a thousand beats per minute, I had a lot of very specific ideas about what we were going to do for dinner that night. <laughs> Now, the whole time this was happening, I kept on noticing a goddamn helicopter following me around town everywhere. But what you gotta understand is two things. One, a helicopter's high in the air, and it can always seem like it's above you. Two, I'm coked out of my head, so it's presumable that I'm just making it up. But am I? No. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I'm not making it up. I go back home. Now I got beef with my babysitter, who's also running coke for me and has been for some time. Truth be told... I kept expecting to have sex with her, but apparently that wasn't in the cards. This is a business-only relationship. Hey, Henry, I'm not going to do this drug run for you unless you drive me across town to get my lucky hat. So I bundle the girl back into the car. I still have the guns, but that's okay because I know I still got to meet with my drug dealer. And click, those guys click. always look. Oh. Freeze, scumball. You make a move and I'll blow your darn head off. Flash cut to the police precinct. 
we see a sad and coked out Henry holding his head in his hands while a cop gives him the business. All of the accomplices and buddies from the movie that we have seen who have survived get walked in there. Oh, here's another <laughs> one of your friends. This isn't looking any better for you. Oh, you remember this guy? Oh, you are in so much trouble. That's like the only pleasure cops in that world can get. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the mafia gets to do everything else. True. Occasionally, we see flashes of Karen desperately ripping open reams of cocaine and flushing them down the toilet. And then, remembering her training from before they were even married, hides yet another gun in her vagina. Oh, Jesus. She really does this Yeah, time. she really does <laughs> it. Gross. It's nickel-plated. It's fine. It's fine. It's good for you. Henry gets out on bail because if he stays in prison, he'll be killed. Smash cut. Henry comes home at night. He smashes open the door in a desperate rage. Honey, I'm home and it's okay because as long as we got enough drugs to sell, I'm right back in the game. Honey, where's those drugs I sell? Karen shrugs her shoulders as the toilet flushes the last of the cocaine. Oh, my. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? They would never have found the cocaine that was on the countertop. Why would you do that? Because they would have found it. They would never have found it. It's impossible to prove a negative after the fact, but I'm going to cling to it because I'm upset. (laughs) They both uh, lie down in the corner in primate desperation. Baby, you still got your crotch gun? Oh, yeah. Okay. Bang. That's adorable. (laughs) Henry and Karen are in total despair. Yeah. Henry then uh, seeks out Polly, knowing that uh, Polly's going to have him killed for breaking the, the one and only rule Polly had. You broke the rules. Now put all your pubic hands. Henry, you come to me after fucking me, and you want what? Forgiveness? Uh, I fucked up, Polly, and I've got nothing left. You're the only one I can turn to. And you told me not to do the thing, and then I did the thing. Now the thing's done. I can't change what's been done. Henry, you really treated me like a jerk. Like a jerk. Look at my cold, dead eyes. Here. Polly lifts up his belly. (laughs) (laughs) Some money falls out. Sweat splat. Here's whatever money that fell out. Use that money to get yourself out of the gutter. But now I gotta turn my back on you. (laughs) In an agonizingly slow sequence, Polly metaphorically and literally turns his back to Henry. Henry grabs up his $32.50 and sadly walks out. His days with the mob are done. Smash cut to Karen. She's going to go talk to Jimmy and, and try to get some help from him and some money and, and see if they can't get their life back on track because Jimmy's their friend. Hello, Karen. It's me, Jimmy, your friend. Hey, I just, I'm just so glad you're here for me and, and I thank you for whatever cash you're currently giving me. Don't I mean, worry. Let me just shove some cash in here and there yeah. uh-huh. and in this oh, pocket. Oh, careful. Careful. The safety's off. Oh, hello. <laughs> hey, everything's going to be okay. I'm your friend. Yeah, I, I, should, I should send Henry over here to talk to you. Because you guys are friends and nothing's wrong. Yeah, nothing's wrong. We're friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you look like you could use some Christian Dwar Oh, I would gowns. love... I love Christian Dwar. Uh, yeah, just... Uh, I got some. Just go down that way. Just down that alley. Oh, sorry. This, this area that's all well lit with the bright lights? No, and... not that way. Oh, what about the other direction where things get uh, darker and scarier? Yep, that's the one. That kind of downward sure, sure. incline with the, the slippery, 
you know, oil and the, the sharp metal at the bottom. All right. She walks down the slimy corridor towards the eerie, throbbing, pulsating, glowing green light. A large, thick tentacle retreats from her path. <laughs> um, th- th- this way, Jimmy? Karen is frozen in place by a terrifying yet familiar laugh. Chisa Wahunki, Karen. Suddenly, a curtain rolls back, and Java's entire entourage <laughs> was waiting for her. I'm so <laughs> Suddenly, Rufus swoops in with his time basket, <laughs> landing squarely on the head of the Rancor right before it swooped her up. <laughs> Leaving a, a man with six tits to cry. <laughs> uh, although, by modern standards, not that fat. No. That's unfortunate. <laughs> what what a time to be alive. <laughs> uh, Karen uh, dives through the chrono rift and resurfaces uh, at their house, freaked out as fuck. Henry uh, holds her and she says, Everything's fine. She cannot reveal that she went to Jimmy for money. Nor that she's been to Tatooine. <laughs> no. She's in deep with the huts. <laughs> uh, smash hut. <laughs> A diner. Mm-hmm. Neutral territory for two old mafiosos. Jimmy is sizing up Henry, trying to find any weak points that he can stab to totally murder him. Henry is scoping out Jimmy's body, looking for any excess money that might fall out. So, Henry, basically, um, I know you're in trouble. Yeah. Look, I was thinking maybe you could go on a whack job with this guy uh, down in Florida. Do this whack job for me, you know, come back up, get paid. You want me to whack a guy off for you? Yeah, I got a guy. He's really hot up for a good whack. (laughs) I'd like you to whack him until he's completely finished. I got to tell you, it's been a while since I had to whack a guy, but uh, I think I still got it where it counts. All right, good. I'm glad that you're consenting. Yeah, (laughs) You, you know, I am. I am verbally consenting to whacking this gentleman in Florida, is it? It's Florida. That's nice. Yeah, hey. real nice. It was really nice to see you. Both men are clutching pistols underneath the table. Greedo sees all this and just gets the fuck out of the diner. <laughs> it was then that I realized that if I went down to Florida, I'd never be coming back. Jimmy wanted to whack me harder than he'd ever whacked any man before. That's how it was when you were a good fella. A guy didn't have to say anything to you. You just looked at him and you knew you were going to get whacked. Bumped off. Rubbed out. Greased. (laughs) Creamed. (laughs) Not me. Not old Henry. I did the noble thing. Smash cut to the snitch's office. (laughs) So if I uh, do this witness protection thing, Mm -hmm. I don't get to choose where you send me. Look, just send me somewhere warm. I don't like the cold. You don't get to choose a fucking thing. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, but I'm shit, so I like warm things, like the bowels. Yeah, I don't know. Send nobody, me to Miami with the other shit. Nobody cares. I mean, maybe maybe if uh, if you had some paper-thin excuse about being bronchial, maybe. maybe. I'm bronchial. I'm oh. a bronchiosaurus. Oh, shit, you should have said that before. Okay, well, you know, maybe we can accommodate that, but... Uh... What about me? Am I going to get to be able to see my mother and father anymore? No, they're total assholes. No, All they do is people. yell at everybody. That's because they're scared for me. Because I married a monster. Because I no. get turned on by death. No, no, no. You don't get to see them either. This isn't this isn't vacation times. This is the witness protection program. As far as I'm concerned, you don't even have to enter the program. What? I, we just need your husband. 
But what happens to me then? Well, if they can't get to him, they'll get to you. You get killed. You get. You're gonna get whacked. You're gonna get rubbed out. Okay, I'm listening. You're gonna be creamed. Oh. <laughs> Karen clenches her purse. You know what? She's coming with me. I think we're fine. Uh, yeah. Where do I sign on the rat papers? <laughs> Initial here next to the squealer claws. <laughs> he stamps it with a little thing that says Fink. <laughs> Smash cut to the trial. We see Jimmy and Polly sitting nonplussed in their guilt suits. They've never been less plussed. Now, uh, let me get this straight here, Mr. Hill. Uh, you claim that Mr. Uh, Jimmy here... Uh, happened to mastermind the entire caper. Can you point out the man who was in charge of the entire caper for the good uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jewelry? Henry noncommittally points to Robert De Niro. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> and now, uh, you purport to have a, a ties with a certain mafia don known as Polly. Could you please point directly with your rat-like claw? If it pleases the court, I'd like to squeal in the direction... <laughs> Of uh, that that man right there, and then address the camera directly and talk about what happens when you squeal on the mafia and how this is the end of everything. I mean, that's what happens when you're in the mafia. You know, you you, you do the things you can. You got to stay alive. You know, and they all understand the risks of that. Uh, objection, Your Honor. A move to strike the monologue from the record. Overruled. I'll allow it. The Honorable <laughs> Judge Scorsese presiding. <laughs> Flash cut two. The peaceful suburbs. It is a bright and beautiful day, and the camera pans across many driveways. We see Henry open up the door and pick up a newspaper. He's wearing a robe and boxer shorts. And that's how it was, being a good fella. The worst part was leaving the glamorous lifestyle. I used to have a candy dish of cocaine next to my bedside. My candy dish had a larger dish filled with full-size candy. <laughs> my bed had a smaller bed for my dreams to sleep in. I was the original voice of Gargamel in the Smurfs. <laughs> I invented cranberry sauce. <laughs> anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is, now I'm an average nobody. I get to live the rest of my life like a schnook. The end. Question mark? <laughs> Next summer, Henry and the schnooks! <laughs> Dave, we did it! We did it indeed. Three hours. Muffed movies. A svelte, trim, aerodynamic three hours. Good fellows. Yeah, we did the hell out of that. We did. Thank you so much. Oh man, that for was being a t- my co-host. Oh, I loved it. This was a ton of fun. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Muff movies, and it is a delight and an honor to get to be a part of it. Well. To carry forward the torch of Muff movies. Muff movies must continue. <laughs> we must continue. <laughs> we must. Uh, Dave, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, sure, sure. First and foremost, uh, I've got my own podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> you fucking whore! <laughs> you two-timing son of a bitch! Uh, called Blurry Photos, where uh, me and my wonderful co-host David Flora explain the unexplored and explore the unexplained. Uh, so you can find us on iTunes at Blurry Photos, uh, blurryphotos.org, Facebook, all those fun things. And we've recently uh, spun off some good friends of ours, the... Elegant Ladies of Candy Chat, which you can now find on iTunes. It's 
Betty Ebersol and Tabitha Hutchison are two uh, middle-aged Southern women who just love candy. They just want to. They just want to try candy and tell you all about it. So check them out. You like candy? Come on. How hard is that? Your podcasts cover such a vast swath <laughs> of humanity. Are you the kind of person who's really into uh, esoteric uh, monster lore? No. <laughs> well then. Do you want to hear about how white chocolate Easter bunnies taste? If you don't like one, you're going to like the other. We got something for you. Yeah. You guys got everything. Yeah, and our next one will be about fiscal advice. Ooh. No, it won't. We're poor. We don't know shit about having money. Kit Fisto? Ooh. That's the Jedi that... Yeah. Fucks you. <laughs> uh, anything else to plug? I think I'm going to be on an episode of uh, Blaster Podcast, Muff, Muff Movies. I think that's coming up. <laughs> I've got that to... Are you Rufus? <laughs> Feed me, please. <laughs> I just water anything. Oh. <laughs> Poor eternally starving to death, Rufus. That's so weird. That's weird and dark. Yeah. That was... That's a special phenomenon that we found. Yeah. Well... If you guys are listening to this, chances are you're aware of Blaster Podcast. Yep. But if you're not, please uh, subscribe to this RSS feed because I also do a science comedy show called Blaster Podcast. If you like Dave Stecco or uh, his uh, gorgeous uh, co-host, David mm -hmm. Flora. He's dreamy. Uh, they are on an episode of Blaster Podcast and Stecco does a solo guesto. What? Talking about Shaolin Kung Fu. Watch out! <laughs> authentic noise yeah yeah you have to train for years to be able to do that right you are an instructor so you'd know that noise better than i that's right <laughs> dave thank you so much for coming on thank you mark this is a blast rob no nah, no it wasn't fuck shit fuck fuck shit. fuck shit. <laughs> good night what if for every swear it just went turk <laughs> Are there any swear words in your podcast? No, we turk them out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? What? You took them out? We turk out every swear. <laughs> so it's safe for the radio. Did you turk my wife? <laughs> Did you turk my wife? <laughs> Blaster Podcast is part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. If you like this show, you might like some of their other podcasts, like Hello from the Magic Tavern. One day in Chicago, Arnie Niekamp fell through a magical rift behind a Burger King and found himself in a strange, magical land called Foon. He broadcasts a weekly podcast back to his former dimension. It's a hilarious show, so check it out. I think you're going to love it. <laughs>